0: Going to introduce about this machine. Uh, uh, It is from Rigaku Supermini 200 WDXRF, that means wavelength dispersive X ray fluorescent spectroscopy. So, this is a powerful tool to analyze um, complex matrix elements ranging from um, wide ranging from uh, uh, light to heavy elements, and this system can detect elements from uh, fluorine to uranium and uh, also we can add a germanium detector and some other detector so the system can uh, detect lighter elements from oxygen uh, and the heavy elements is from uh, up to uranium. Uh, so here the spectrum is like this and then we can uh, detect elements and then also we can quantify the elements, uh, the concentration. So this is very powerful tool. To briefly, the system has a, a, a small load lock chamber, and then here we can accommodate to 12 samples.
1: Okay, so let's uh, let me get started with introducing our uh, state-of-the-art uh, high-resolution X-ray diffractometer. This is called uh, SmartLab X-ray diffractometer. This is from Rigaku and it has very nice uh, high resolution diffraction options. So, And this one, ha- one of the main features of this instrument is that conventionally when you do X-ray diffraction, moving the, you'll be moving the detector in the outer plane direction, but this one has the arm that can move the detector in the in-plane direction. So without tilting the sample, you can do both of plane direction and in-plane uh, diffraction. That's one of the main features of this instrument. We move on to Another powerful diffractometer. This is from Brooker. It's called Brooker D8 Discover diffractometer. The main feature of this instrument is that this has a two-dimensional area detector. I'll show you about that. So this is the two-dimensional area detector, which is very powerful. As you can see on the image here, it records two theta range of 30 degrees in one frame. So this will make the, diffra- the data collection much faster. Plus it actually gives you much more information than uh, running a conventional diffractometer. This instrument can also uh, do in situ, high temperature X-ray diffraction. When I attach a high temperature stage to this machine, the sample temperature can be increased up to 900 degrees Celsius. So now let's move on to another powerful state-of-the-art powder diffractometer. This is called analytical MPD diffractometer. This is one of the new generation diffractometers where you have uh, a lot of uh, automatic sample exchanger and uh,
2: fast diffraction options. So this is our uh, etching sector, and we have both wet etching and dry etching setups. And the the big one that sits near to us is the ion milling system. Uh, some materials it's difficult to do the uh, uh, reactive etching because it's it, it does not react with any uh, reactive gas. So we set up this equipment. It's called ion milling system. It's a pure physical uh, process. We use the high-energy argon ion beam to bombard onto the sur- sample surface. Uh, literally, it can remove any materials uh, on the wafer, but in a relatively slow speed. So this is the uh, metrology room or the characterization room. After we made the device, uh, we have some setups to do the uh, quick check on the sample qualities. The third sector is called the deposition sector. Uh, We have uh, several deposition systems here. Uh, The one close to the door is the e-beam evaporating system. This system uh, uses a high-energy electron beam uh, to focus into a crucible, which contains the material that we want to deposit. The one close to us is called the uh, magnetron sputtering system and ion milling system. equip both. So we use the uh, uh, eight magnetron sputtering guns to do the magnetron sputtering. And we can also do uh, ion milling to uh, clean the sample surface. So there is another uh, big sector which which we cannot uh, see here uh, because it's in the dark room. Uh, It's the lithography room and we have a poster here. Uh, for those equipment inside. So all these lithography systems can make the templates uh, here, which uh, can go down to nanometer or micrometer scales. And uh, with these templates, we'll be able to convert uh, the design material into any kind of shape and uh, dimension.
3: Here are the main transmission electron microscope. This is uh, now called uh, thermo-fisher scientific. This microscope equipment with the uh, full uh, EDX detector. So it's very fast for mapping. And uh, with the FEG gun, it's used for the high resolution image. The current screen show you is a graphite samples. And this is the uh, the screen you see from the directly from the microscope. And here is the uh, high definition uh, camera. And this is the uh, image shot. So let me introduce the second uh, equipment we have is a scanning microscope. As you can see, this machine also equipment with the uh, Oxford uh, EDX detector, and also from Broker, the XRF. This microscope is also with the FEG gun, with very high magnification. I have a, a sample here, it's just copper grade, used for a TM sample preparations. And with the naked eye, you see the rough, the plant surface, under the microscope, you see that the surface was very rough. So, Maxwell is very useful.
4: So, right now I'm going to talk to you about the physical properties facility. In the physical properties facility, we have primary two main pieces of equipment. The MPMS squid, which allows us to measure magnetic properties of material. We measure primarily hysteresis loops, which lets us Determine the coercivity and the saturation and magnetization of the moment. And what's called zero field cool terms, or M versus T curves, which show allow us to, to measure transition temperatures and the particular behavior of the magnetic material. In this room, we have our magnetic annealing furnace. In this particular case, this is a, an annealing furnace, which lets us apply a high temperature up to 1200 degrees C, if I remember right. and But we can apply a 4.5 Tesla field while we're doing annealing. To potentially modify the magnetic properties of a sample. In our facility, we're primarily concerned with nanostructuring, doing multi layering techniques of thin films. So we would deposit, say, a half a nanometer of material A, let's say iron, and then a half a nanometer of material B, say platinum, and we'd build a stack and we'd put them together. And we do that because the nanostructuring will give us, sometimes, will give us properties that are much different than we get in the bulk. An example, the iron platinum I showed, if we do an iron-platinum multilayer, we can form the L10 plat- structure of iron-platinum, iron which is like the, one of the best permanent magnets on the planet. But unfortunately, it only works on a thin film form, not in the bulk. I'm going to show you the equipment: the pulse laser ablation system, this one here, and this. We have a laser, a pulse laser that starts from here, gets it directed into our chamber, into our, inside of our vacuum chamber as a target, and that laser pulse will have enough energy to vaporize some of the atoms off the surface. It vaporize the items off the surface, and then they're free to move around in the chamber. And some of them will land onto our substrate that we're depositing onto. This is the main workhorse of our facility, the AJA sputtering system. It's similar to a PLV. It's just basically a big vacuum chamber. We, we have sputtering sources on our gun. And this, in this particular case, we, use ion, our, we ionize some argon gas, and the argon ions slam into our target. That allows us to knock the atoms off, making our thin film. My facility also contains other stuff to make bulk material and for that we have our melt spinner. And the melt spinner we have, if you probably can't see through the camera, but there's an induction coil in here. So we put our material into a crucible and we hang it in our induction coil and melt it. And then we inject it down onto this copper wheel that spins very fast. So we get ribbons that are usually about a millimeter wide and about 100 microns thick. And they can be as long depending on the material. But we also do it because when we eject it onto the wheel we, we basically what we're doing quenching so the quenching rate will depend on the wheel speed and the ejection pressure we also have in our facility several furnaces several just standard annealing furnaces for annealing, for magnetic for just annealing so a lot of times you need to have a you want a crystal structure you need to anneal it for you know 500 degrees c for two days and you can do that here we also have an arc melter over here that's meant to Actually just, me- just make uh, alloys and material, high purity alloys. Also for bulk we have our bowl milling system. This lets us grind our powders into very fine powders. So basically with the right setup we can grind powders, we can grind pellets or or, or say our ribbons and from the melt spinner we can grind them down to powders of roughly a hundred nanometers diameter grain size. So we can do that with the ball milling, we can do it with anything. We can also do what's called mechanically annealing, which is if we take Two different, uh, powder, two different types of powders and we mix them in there, we can have them actually alloy together based just on the mechanical pressure of the balls.
5: So the surface and the materials characterization facility has three parts. One is a scanning probe microscopy. In this lab has two SPM systems one is a broker dimension icon SPM and this one is a, a DI 3100 SPM and the next room has a thermal analysis system. So SPM is a very high resolution technique. It uses a very sharp probe. This is a probe we call this cantilever. Probe is very small so you cannot see by your eyes then scanning on the sample surface nine by nine to get the topographic information also related properties such as magnetic properties, mechanical properties, and electric properties. Here shows some AFM and uh, MFM images and uh, also we can apply the uh, magnetic field to see the uh, structure changes. So. This is uh, magnetic devices, this is the main- uh, magnetic devices, it can be applied as a magnetic field so we can see the domain structures under the magnetic field changes. This one is shows just the general AFM image, but we can get the three dimensional image also, so you can measure, get the image like that and measure the st- Uh, particle distribution, the uh, particle size, and also get the roughness analysis and uh, so on. Uh, This is uh, SPM.
6: This technique is basically based on photoemission effect. Uh, When uh, X-ray will be incident on a solid target, then you can see what are the elements present in the Uh, solid target. So the advantage of this technique is you will not only find what are the elements present in the solid target, also you can find what is the electronic state and uh, oxidation state, what form of compound it is, so all kind of uh, detail information you can find it out. This this is one of the instrument uh, you can also measure the quantity of lighter elements. For example, you can measure up to helium. Another advantage is this: this technique can be used for semiconductor industry to find the electronic structure of semiconductors. And uh, as I already said, it is a surface analytical technique. You always get uh, information from the surface. But we have another 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 gun attached to this facility. For example, ion beam etching. You can keep etching the surface, so you can do the depth profiling. Depth profiling means you can measure the properties of the surface as well as the bulk by keep removing the material by layer by layer. For example uh, here we are uh, we are working on some industries industrial samples it is basically a stainless steel uh, material it it, it got uh, 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 if you see from the optical video you can see there are a lot of Uh, a lot of uh, stainless steel rods are there it it, it has some corrosion so we are trying to address uh, what are the the, the corrosive uh, corrosion due to what are the other elements so we are trying to uh, find what are the elements in the um, the corrosive layer then what we do that uh, then we will we will remove the layer layer by layer this uh, the corrosive material then we can also find ultimate uh, thickness of how much this Stainless steel is, uh, carousel.